Hello and welcome to another episode of Biomass. I think we're at episode 155. I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, we've got a lot of good topics lined up today. So let's get started with some introductions. As usual, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell. I did my homework this week. I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. All right, Bait. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm Bait, and I am doing my actual homework this week. What's your homework this week? Uh, right now, I'm taking a anatomy physiology uh, physiology test about the human reproductive system, which is Aww. fairly easy because I know how my dick works. <laughs> He's growing up so fast. Okay, so you can graduate high school. We're excited for you. Um, and also, our resident bad guy, who's not a bad guy, tell us who you are. Okay, and uh, it's Jason, and uh, I'm celebrating episode 155 by, I think the only thing I can pull out on this one is that uh, 155 is a composite number. And for the for you mathematicians out there, I'll let you figure that one out. Because uh, it's a composite number. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, I am Jason, and I am one of the, uh, the longtime uh, you know, hosts slash purveyors of the uh, biomass media empire and uh, general uh, old old Clint Eastwood-like dude telling people to get off his lawn on the show. And also a resident uh, Marvel and comic book buff because the rest of us are too young to remember half the stuff. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm Pokey Draven. I obviously help host the show here. Uh, I do our new uh, Dungeon Crawl series on YouTube, and uh, I also write for the blog sometimes. So that being said, we'll, we'll move into some Marvel stuff. Uh, I know that as... Zell said he did his homework, and unlike me, unfortunately, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, what is your preliminary review, spoiler-free? It was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, one of the things that uh, should be highlighted is uh, the whole after-credits thing has, uh, has kind of gone off the rails. Um, there's not one, there's not two. There are five after-credits sequences for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And they're all pretty good, by the way. They're, they're all pretty good. But um, yeah, they they just they just have you know there there's the comedy ones in there. There's the the plot hints for for future. I mean, they they threw everything in there at the end of the movie, and the full the whole credits is actually um there's little jokes and stuff throughout the entire credits. So um it, it's it's uh quite quite the deal. Um, I would say I did not know um, I did not know a lot of the character backstories and stuff. I don't really know Guardians of the Galaxy lore outside of uh, the actual um, movie that I've seen or movies now. Um, so I was I was a little surprised at the direction this movie went because um, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. So um, I, I I definitely enjoyed it though. It sounds like you saw two J. Is that correct? Word. Uh, it's it's actually really good uh, and it is. Uh... It's definitely, I think, being used as a segue to a much broader Marvel universe. Uh, in, all, in all honesty, it's uh, Zell mentioned it. There's, there's actually a ton of different, uh, relatively obscure Marvel characters that haven't, that were kind of a thing back in the '70s and the early '80s. And actually, the original Guardians of the Galaxy team, which is not the one you see in the movies, is actually now in this movie in different ways. So it's actually it, it's actually kind of neat, but what they're what it sounds like they were doing, or at least what it feels like they were doing, was setting up a variety of different things for future Marvel endeavors, uh, and, and and honestly paying you know probably a little bit a little bit of service to the fans, I'm sure. But uh, there's this whole kind of like intergalactic world in Marvel comics that you don't really see 
that's not directly related to like the earthbound superheroes. And I, I, I kind of feel that that's what they were sort of opening up. And that actually gives you like room to do all these crazy crossovers and a lot of really neat sort of story ideas uh, across the Marvel universe. So uh, I think that's what they were doing, but in a word, I'm not without saying much else. It was actually quite good. It was, it was a really, really good, uh, very fun movie. Uh, similar, more or less in tone to the, uh, to the first one, a little bit more, you know, kind of developed since the character, it really picks up where the characters were at uh, after the last movie. One, I, I mean, the one thing I can say surprised me is there. it didn't seem like it was... I really expected this movie to heavily uh, lean towards setting up Infinity War, and, and it really was not. It was it was definitely a thing of itself. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think what you're going to see is hints of things. So there's actually, I think what it really, not so much set up, but what it alluded to is some of the things I think we're going to see in uh, Thor Ragnarok, actually. No, when I was, I obviously haven't seen this yet, but I, I kind of said that if it was, the second movie was kind of just more of the same of the first movie, I'd be pretty satisfied. Would you say that it's uh, kind of, if you've seen the first one, the kind of stuff you saw is kind of what you would expect to see the second one in terms of, you know, humor and, and plot and that sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's yeah. good to know. Uh, I, would def- I would definitely say it's, it, they, they did a good job of uh, maintaining the same tone and, uh, kind of just progressing it and basically in the same direction though, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, that seems to be what I would consider probably the best route to take. I think the first one really kind of hit it out of the park and to try to deviate from what they were doing would, would probably be a mistake. So I'm glad to hear that it is uh, similar in that regard. Cause well, you know, I will say it's one of the cool things that I, I, I will give them credit for the fact that they literally did not just rinse and repeat from the first movie though. So it, it definitely, the story and kind of the vibe progresses, but the characters are very, you know, and their interactions are very much what people, people were attracted to in that first movie. And they, they've definitely retained that. Okay. That's fair enough. That sounds good. So, uh, pretty good stuff. Hopefully we'll be able to get out there and see it myself. And, uh, we'll do kind of a, a more spoilerific, uh, review in a couple of weeks. So pretty good stuff. Anything else on that before we move along? Okay, so another Marvel thing that did pop up is the Defenders trailer, and we've talked a bit about this in the past. Um, you know, if the Avengers are kind of the, you know, global save the planet group of superheroes, the Defenders are kind of the down in the streets, you know, more of your localized um, lesser superheroes working together to, you know, solve bigger problems. And uh, you've seen a lot of series like Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil popping up, and all of them working to various uh, extents, but the Defenders is kind of, um, at least for this trailer that just came out, kind of that group of um, of uh, superheroes working together in you know their own story. So, did you guys check out this trailer for Defenders? Oh yes, yes I have. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I have a few. So, uh, okay, so true to form, I actually think they did a pretty pretty solid job with it. As usual, we're we're getting up, we're definitely getting into music video territory with a lot of the trailers that come out nowadays. So. Uh, this one definitely is much more music that was uh, sort of in my, you know, in my wheelhouse, if you will. But uh, that that aside, the the narration by Scott Glenn was pretty solid as it sort of weaved together who all these people are. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, I I'm pretty sure they're going to do away with how the Defenders actually came together in the in the comic books, which is a little bit more convoluted than what they can probably pull off in a Netflix, you know, like nine or ten episode run but 
uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones look pretty good. Matt Murdock looked pretty good. It, it does show sort of how they get brought together more or less in, in a very, a very smart way. So Jessica Jones is arrested for being Jessica Jones. Matt Murdock becomes her attorney, probably because he's pointed that way by somebody. And Jessica Jones is the connection to bring Luke Cage and Matt Murdock together. Uh, now, how Iron Fist gets in the mix in, in terms of the, the Netflix piece, I'm not really sure. But for the record, he still looks like he escaped from a fish concert. And I'm not sure that he could fight his way out of a paper bag. Uh, Sigourney Weaver is the big bad, reportedly, in uh, in the series. She definitely has this Cruella DeVille sort of thing going on. And uh, she, 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 she will probably make a very good villain, I suspect. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for this one, mostly on the strength of the three previous series. And maybe they can drag, you know, Wonder Boy along uh, to, you know, try, try to salvage this out. It looks like they're bringing Electra back too, which would be pretty interesting. I'm going to put this on hold real quick. Uh, we did have someone pop into the, sh- the show here. So do you want to introduce yourself before we uh, get back to the topic? Oh dear, your your audio is pretty messed up. Um, so you might have to fix sort that out and try to figure that out. But uh, yeah, you might want to restart your your Mumble app on that one. Um, but we'll we'll get you back in a second. But yeah, Jay, I, I saw this as well. I'm not as um, closely familiar with uh, with the series as as some of you guys might be, but I, I thought that the trailer looked pretty interesting. I, I did feel that they were almost kind of poking fun at Iron Fist because of <laughs> he goes up and he, he hits Luke Cage and Luke Cage kind of looks at him like, what the hell was that? And just throws him on the ground. It was like, okay, I, I think they're kind of recognizing the fact that he's, he's coming off as a little lame um, uh, from his, from what we saw in his series, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Now I, I kind of buy that. The, uh, I, like I said, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it kind of how it kind of comes together. But I, I'm really interested to see kind of the Luke Cage Daredevil um, kind of byplay. Uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are, are actually the the classic sort of heroes for hire guys that you see in in some of the comic comics, which was actually kind of a neat attempt to bring uh, two B list heroes together to kind of save both books, and they, and they actually did a fairly good job of it. But I don't see this version of Luke Cage and Iron Fist having remotely the same chemistry that they're described to have in the uh, in sort of the classic Marvel Marvel comics. Uh, they're just I, like I actually studiously because by the way, for the record, I got I got some Twitter that like I had, I was hating on Finn Jones too much, so I went back and I li- I actually like tried to YouTube up some of his other work. He is a, he is a decent actor. He's a a quality actor. He deserves to get his paychecks. But the kid ain't Iron Fist. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those I'm interested to see how this works out. Ooh, it sounds like you're still having issues. Um, sorry, we, we, we can't understand what you're saying. Otherwise, I'd have you continue. Um, so maybe you can hopefully sort that out. But, uh, yeah, like you were saying, Jay, it, it should be it should be uh, interesting to see. And I do kind of hope that it actually pans out pretty well because I think it could, like you said, kind of write off the success of at least three-fourths of, of the previous crew. So, I'm looking forward to this. I, I I need to actually go back and catch up on all of these. I just haven't had the time, but uh, it, it does look like it's uh, it's coming together pretty well there. Uh, what about you, uh, Zell Bate? Any thoughts on this? Um, you know the trailer looked good to me. I'm actually really behind. Um, 
on my Netflix seriesing. Um, I actually watched the first two episodes of Luke Cage uh, today, and I haven't seen any of Iron Fist yet. So the trailer looks good, but like even if this, you know, when this thing comes out, I'm not going to be ready for it at this rate. So. All right. That's, that sounds good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's coming together and we'll, we'll kind of see how it plays out. I think that, you know, they, they've done pretty well for the most part and, and hopefully this kind of continues that trend. So looking forward to that. Now, another thing that is coming up for Marvel shows, and this is actually coming to us through Hulu instead of Netflix. And this is, uh, Perhaps a bit of a lesser-known series, but uh, the Marvel show, The uh, Runaways. Um, have you guys heard of this at all? No, what's that one about? So, from what I gleaned, and again, I'm, I'm not a buff because it was <laughs> before my time, but um, basically it's about a series of kids, I think there's six of them, who find out that their parents are actually um, basically mob bosses in this group called The Pride. And so they... You know, it's it's kind of a group that's made up of these supernatural, you know, wizards and witches and um, various things. And they they go, this isn't cool. We don't like that our our parents are you know crime lords. Uh, so they kind of steal various technology and powers from them, and then go to take down their parents, basically, and uh, you know, defeat this this evil organization. And then you know, once that happens, kind of this void opens up in the underworld, and these other threats come in. So they're they're forced to deal with that. So. This is actually one that's going to be coming to us through Hulu, and I think this is actually their first Marvel series that they've been doing since I think Netflix has had pretty much exclusive rights up until this point with producing these exclusive series. Well, for online, but I mean, you've got well, a- ABC, yeah, yeah. you know, because they're Disney, they, ABC and Freeform and stuff have a couple, and then in the X-Men side of things, there's like FX has one, and I think f- they're working on one for Fox, and it's it's kind of like... You can have a Marvel show, and you can have a Marvel <laughs> right. show, and you can have a Marvel show. Everybody gets a Marvel show, whereas like it? all the DC shows are on one network. What does FX have? Uh, Legion. That's still which, going which on. Which is actually well, no, it's really good. The season concluded, but you know, Jeez. I actually I still have only seen one episode of that. I need to watch. It's, it's it. pretty legit. Uh, I w- uh, it's it's very good actually. What, what's that one about again? I I don't I truly don't know that. We have a big enough show to explain Legion, but okay. it's, um, <laughs> su- suffice it to say, it's uh, imagine the movie Split, but with a good guy and not a bad guy. Okay, <laughs> that sounds pretty complicated. So we'll we'll, we'll touch on that one later. But uh, yeah, so it is it is. You're right that they are kind of spreading everywhere, and and you know I think. Netflix obviously had a lot of the streaming ones that Hulu's picking up there, so I expect it's only a matter of time before some of the other streaming options start picking up their their own exclusives and kind of bringing all of these various stories that Marvel has to offer kind of into the limelight and, and start showing them. So it's it's uh it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know I don't think we talked about it um on the show, and I, I don't have a link on here, but I just want to throw it out there. Is one of the things I thought was really interesting, just in terms of this, you know, the comic book shows just kind of expanding is that i know dc comics is actually going to have their own like exclusive streaming platform just for all the dc stuff and that they're going to have um a couple shows i think exclusive to uh their their own streaming platform so you know you're gonna have to pick up cbs all access for star trek and the dc streaming thing for all the dc shows and get hulu for this marvel show netflix for those marvel shows you know People were hoping you'd cut the cord and you'd just be able to, you know, watch TV online really cheap. It's not going to turn out that way. 
Uh, on that note, actually, Zelly just reminded me. DC has announced uh, Teen Titans live action, and they're they're Ooh. already cooking that one. That's that's supposed to be one of the ones exclusive to their streaming platform, isn't it? Nah, I wasn't tracking that. I thought it was. Uh, I can't remember what it was on, but it it was uh, a recognizable one. Pick it up. Hang on, I'm I'm pulling it up now. That's actually interesting because the initial cart, yeah, the, the first cartoon of the first before they changed the style was really good, like surprisingly good. I, I wasn't normally into it. I was like, there, oh, shit, this is quality stuff. And then there's a, there's actually a um, there's a clip on, and you can find it on YouTube of the the newer Teen Titans Go series characters commenting Ooh. on clips of the original. <laughs> it's the trolliest shit ever. Like, <laughs> like there's there's an episode where. Because um, the, the Teen Titans, um, the original one was actually kind of a similar style to a lot of the other Marvel, or sorry, other DC um, cartoons. It was it was really well done. Um, some pretty gritty stuff. And then they oh, changed yeah. it to the uh, Teen Titans Go, which was this Powerpuff Girls. Ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, it was basically Powerpuff Girls slapstick, overly anime style BS, and it was it was just stupid, and everyone was kind of pissed about it. But there were actually episodes where. Um, they're sucked into a parallel universe and the parallel universe is the original show and the um <laughs> the, the robin from teen titans go comments about how cool he looked um you know in in this other universe and how lame he looked um in the new version so i think the creators were uh perhaps poking fun of themselves or, or at least commenting on some of the sentiment that, that popped up from the, the shift in tone. So uh, that, that's, that's actually, I haven't heard about that one. So uh, live action, huh? Yeah. It looks like it's going to be on uh, TNT. Oh, okay. um, or no, well, hold on. Let's see. Two shows that works. Teen Titans. It, it's a little hard to unwind, but I, it, it appears to be CBS or TNT, but, and it's, and it's apparently going to be a lot of the classic Teen Titans. Uh, to include Nightwing, so that'll be kind of interesting. See who they they pull for that one. Yeah, that'll be good to see. I'm I'm actually gonna do some more research on that one because I I really did, I did like the original series and be good to see how how well they can actually manage to pull off a live action version. So looking forward to that. All right, so now no, wait, wait, for the record, Zell's right. I'm sorry. It says on a fourth count. It's uh, Teen Titans is one of two series headlining Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment's forthcoming digital streaming platform. Which goes live in 2018, so it doesn't. Oh, really, I'm good. It doesn't really. The, the one I was talking to on TNT was uh, basically Young Justice Outsiders. That was kind of the same thing that uh, was going to be on TNT, but it looks like they pushed that one off. So, uh, oh well, it, it should be kind of interesting though. Uh, Enjoy your new subscription. I'll just wait for you. Wait, so they're they're making Young Justice a live action series. They, they were, and they are uh, not now. That's a shame that that got no, but they, the they animated are, series is really good. They are doing – well, see, that's the other thing. So they're doing the Teen Titans live series, and then they are doing another season of Young Justice, which will be also on this streaming platform. Get your subscriptions ready. Are they going to have enough content to actually push that for well, I mean, any amount of price? You know? You're, you're going to have the, the – two series is that are going to be unique to it and then of course you signing up for it will also probably get you all the animated and live action franchise movies and series in their entire back catalog think about it, yeah if you, I was about to say if you look at all the stuff that Warner Brothers properties and DC has put out in the last like 15 years 20 years that's a you know shit Batman the animated series like that that went on for like yeah 16 no, that was- years 
that, that shit was good too. I mean, that was that's for quality stuff. And I'm, I'm... they'll probably pull like because we've I yeah. think we've seen this in a couple couple other contexts as well. Um, is they'll probably pull the content that they have available on other networks to when they expire to make them exclusive uh, to to their their own service. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a ton out there in terms of that. They put out a couple of animated movies every year that are like direct to disc and then, you know, direct to DVD. And then they do, you know, they've got a few different series going. They've got all the all the CW stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sure they can find enough content to put on there. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the angle I was going at is that a, a lot of a lot of their stuff is available elsewhere. So, I mean, it, they would pretty much have to pull it to, to make their own service viable. I'm just kind of curious if at launch they'll have you know, those those contracts are up so they can actually pull it and make it so you've got at least a solid bubble of stuff that you can go, yeah, you can, you know, pick up all the stuff we've got rather than, well, enjoy it while you can because pretty soon you're going to pay us for it, you know? Okay, so another thing that is popping up, and this one is actually kind of, I, I didn't see this one coming, but it looks pretty badass. So The Dark Tower, um, Stephen King novel, if I'm correct, is getting its own movie. And the first trailer came up uh, earlier this week. What did you guys think of that one? Like, that was... This looks else. awesome. This right? looks awesome. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think most Stephen King movies are not worth the celluloid that they were like actually filmed on. However, this looks pretty legit. Th- this is by far one of the sharpest looking anything related to Stephen King I've ever seen. I think uh, Idris Elba as the gunslinger is is genius, and uh, Matthew McConaughey has been kind of spoiling for a really good bad guy. Uh, your role for quite some time since he made, he made one like he was a bad guy in a movie a very long time ago where he actually had to act and he was actually quite good in it. But this, this could, this has the look of something pretty solid. I I'm hopeful that they get this one together. Yeah. It looks pretty badass. I'm, I, I'm not too familiar with the original book. I haven't read that one, but uh, the plot from, from what you can glean from the trailer seems pretty interesting. And uh, you know, he, he, Stephen King always has some, well, not always, but sometimes has some pretty cool ideas out there. So uh, this one does look pretty legit. I, I I really cracked up at that trailer cover. It's like, do they have do they have guns and bullets on your world? It's oh like, right, you're, you're gonna you're, like you're, Earth. You're gonna like Earth. Yeah, we've we've got lots of what you need. So yeah, was, it, weren't there fun. like 14 books or something in this series? In no, the it's like era? I think it's like four or five. That's it. Yeah. What the fuck it, am it, I thinking of that? No, it's it's been around for a very long time. It's kind of this George R. R. Martin style. It took him forever to complete it, though. No, yeah, I, I know that. I, Mom used to read the shit out of Stephen King. We had, you know, like all the books on the shelf, and I could have sworn there were like ass loads of these books, at least of the Dark Tower ones. Are you sure so. Stephen King? Yeah. I, the title of the Dark Tower is not too uncommon. Yeah, I'm positive Stephen King. Hmm. I, can, I can remember the. I swear to. I can remember the fucking cover of the book. I had to. Like a dude with the the fucking crown and a sword. Hold on. Now, do we think that the film will be just one of the books or the entire story? No, dude, they're gonna milk the shit out of this. It's gonna be one of the books. Do you, you, you think? Like, Fuck do you yeah. think they'll it'll actually no, have sequels? I, I actually, I actually think that's not right. Just based on when you look at there, so I've seen a couple trailer breakdowns already for it, and they point to several things in the book that looked like they were about halfway through the. Uh, there were several things in the trailer looked like like they were about halfway through the the book series, so there I think this could be a bit of a mismatch in terms of what what is what and you know where things are at. Yeah, because I always worry when they try to turn 
a large amount of content into a single movie because you tend to get a lot of skipping and, and content con- kind of like historically convoluted. So that's that's only one concern I have is if you're trying to cram five books into one movie, it, it could be problematic. Incidentally, you can have the opposite problem where you've got The Hobbit and you cram one book into three movies and <laughs> you're left with, with yeah, whatever that was. That was. Bit, that was a little bit over the top. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, okay, yeah, there's just no need for this, but all right, fine. Um, and actually one thing that I, I didn't, uh, from the show notes, but I just remembered, did you guys see that they are turning, uh, Stephen King's The Mist into a TV series? Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. So if, if you saw the original movie, you, you can kind of know what to expect. The, the um, most bleak ending of a movie that I have seen, like in recent memory. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not a feel good moment. It's like, oh. I'm not okay with anything that just happened, but uh, yeah, it looks like it's, uh, from what I can tell, a 10, ten episode uh, series that they're going to be doing for The Mist, so uh, if you're familiar, you can, I guess, maybe look forward to that. If, if so are, are they just, like, redoing the movie in long form? I, I, I felt like it it was more inspired by rather than like an actual recreation of the book. So it's, they're taking the events and kind of the universe, of what was happening in the movie and maybe from different perspectives, or I don't think it's happening like inside the supermarket, like the original was, I think it's more of other people in the area and what they were dealing with. So that's at least what I got from kind of the trailers I saw. So I don't think it's exactly a recreation of the movie or the book, but it's, you know, based off of that, that plot um, in a very, uh, macro sense so is it just going to be a miniseries then or is it going to be like a full-fledged like series um you know it wasn't clear but internet movie database is saying 10 episodes um starting on june 22nd so i'm I'm guessing it's kind of a miniseries um i'm not sure episode length or anything like that Uh, it's not really clear quite yet but um expect probably about 10 episodes from what i can tell from all the information out there All right, and one more movie trailer that uh, did pop up is uh, the new trailer for Blade Runner 2049. And, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm still really hyped for this one after seeing the uh, – finally sitting down and seeing the original. I was I was forced to by Libby, but uh, real hype for this. I, I know Jay's looking forward to it as well. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Blade Runner? Um, yeah. It, it looks pretty sharp. Um, there, I think the trailer number two comes out on – in about two or three days. So mm-hmm. they had a teaser for a trailer, which I'd never seen before. So that's kind of interesting, but uh, it is, I'm very, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this one. I usually don't get sucked into movie hype, but I was really a huge fan of the original uh, as well as the Philip K. Dick, like the original novel. And um, th- it looks pretty sharp. And it's interesting because the more you find out about it, they're playing it really close to their vest. It doesn't look like Harrison Ford's in the movie until like the last third or so um at least that's that's reportedly what is going on uh so i'm kind of curious to see how this how this laces together yeah it looks like that preview for the trailer um saying in three days came out two days ago so by the time this episode is posted you it'll be out so go check yeah, it out once much. uh once uh you know you, you you hear this but yeah like you said it's uh, it does have a little bit of con a little bit of uh, a mini trailer you know to announce because you know again we have trailers of trailers which is the dumbest <laughs> dumbest thing that the, the market started to doing but uh you know that that's what it is but uh yeah so if you do check it out you can see the, the new one coming out once uh once this video is posted or this uh podcast is posted but yeah i mean it's uh you know it, it looks cool i mean it's it's hard to tell exactly what to kind of expect it's 
the same the, the main bit is the same trailer from last time but uh i'm looking forward to the second trailer when it comes out and, and seeing you know what it has to offer and it looks like this one's coming out uh october 6th i think it yeah october october 6th this year oh and for the record the, the dark tower is coming out august 4th um, i forgot to mention that before but uh yeah blade runner 2049 is a few months away so that should be interesting all right, so we, we've decided just to start calling this Sarai's VR Corner because no one else <laughs> owns a VR headset except for my brother who has the, the Samsung gear, but uh, Sarai has... That's not the, a real VR headset. It yeah, it, it's, it's it's the Walmart VR headset. <laughs> but, um, uh, so we're going to kind of hand this over to him. He's going to talk about some of the new stuff coming to the HTC V5, whatever they call it. Um, yeah, so take it away, Zell. Yeah, so basically kind of the thing that uh, HTC did was they got a bunch of hardware partners on board kind of building their own things, and that's why, like, the the wireless upgrade that someone's working on is from another company, and then this is actually um, – this actually adds eye tracking to uh, the HTC Vive, and it, it's kind of kind of crazy that they've got this in a way that it's designed to fit in an existing headset. Um it's actually there's two two little devices and that you fit them inside the VR headset kind of around the lenses because there's there's a decent amount of space in there and it's it's kind of you know I, I the problem is of course is for me I wear glasses and so I'm pretty sure this wouldn't fit for me um but it's kind of interesting to see the way they did this they just kind of have this, these little things shoved inside the thing and then they have you then you have to plug in USB cables to connect them to the headset themselves um but uh yeah because obviously by by default the uh, most of these vr headsets are just based on the position of the headset to determine where you are looking but they can't see where you are actually looking within the vr headset um so it's it's kind of a neat upgrade um these are going to be 220 dollars equivalent and they're only being it looks like they're being sold in china so um but uh, it's just just an interesting development in uh, in terms of the the Vive, and because HTC really hasn't said anything about if and when they intend to uh, make a second version. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. When I told myself I'm just going to hold off until I get the next gen because I knew that you'd have stuff like this where you've got the eye tracking and all kinds of stuff that you know they'd add on after the fact. And it's suffice it to say it, it makes sense that probably eventually that will just be built in um once you know the harbor is available then developers will start making games for it and then they can justify just making a feature in the headset so you know that's kind of where i'm at with this sort of thing but uh to to, to make it available i'm, I'm actually i'm kind of like you said impressed they're able to, to squeeze it in there they they look kind of like these you know two halves of a pair of glasses with this little usb thing sticking out of the side and i guess they cram in there i'm surprised it doesn't cut down on your field of view a bit because of just space restrictions well, I mean, the field of view is pretty limited already. It's 110 degrees in, in a VR headset. It's it's actually it's very unfortunate how narrow the field of view is. It's the thing I've complained about before, um, and uh, yeah, so it's not like there's there's that much field of view to block. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at the same time, like like you kind of touched on it, it does offer some interesting uh, tools to be able to to track the eye movement because I mean, um, developers already will you know, sometimes track where players are uh, looking. They'll, they'll set a special hardware and, and track it because when you're developing, like, uh, UI for a game, for example, uh, you can kind of make almost like a hotspot map, and it kind of tracks where the player's eyes are going on the screen. And, you know, if you have almost too much movement, um, it can cause issues. So they, that's why they kind of like to track that and find out, like, are players trying to look around too much? But at the same time, 
um, it does allow them to kind of make the UI or even the gameplay adapt to where people are looking. Like Eve Valkyrie, uh, for example, uses its missile lock-on system is where you're, you know, you tilt your head back and you can actually lock on something above you because the, the camera tracks the character's head in the cockpit, right? And you can look up and lock on something above you for the side or, or whatever. Um, so kind of giving that extra level of fidelity where you can actually have where you're looking, you know, with your eyes, not just your head, can actually, you know, manipulate the game. That's, you know, that's, again, kind of part of the the immersion that you can do some cool stuff and, and make it a little more realistic, I think. So, you know, this is, this is a good development. I think it's a, a lot of great stuff coming out of the VR for, you know, motion tracking, uh, eye tracking, um, the new things that where you can, like, clamp on tracking devices onto um, peripherals like guns and stuff, so the the game environment can know you know where it is. This is all really good stuff, and um, I'm glad to see that it's uh, successful enough where they can keep developing things like this. Because I think all of them are kind of going to be necessary to kind of keep propelling VR forward. So I, I think it's a good thing for the market, and it's it's cool to see them actually releasing kind of an official product for this. Yeah, and then uh, the the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the. Uh... Uh, premium audio strap, um, which is the, um, uh, well, deluxe, oh, sorry, deluxe audio strap, and that is the, uh, headphones included, um, strap that kind of has more of a, a back to it and, and allows you to flip the, the headset up independent without taking the whole thing off. Um, that's only going to be $99 only. Um, <laughs> on top of your on top of your two hundred and twenty you're spending on your eye trackers now. I'm not I, well as I said I'm I'm not buying my eye trackers. <laughs> They're not going to fit with my glasses. But um, uh, and that is going to go on sale on June sixth. And if you get like the business version of the Vive, you will that will just come in it from from that point forward. Because I guess they have some Vive business version. And this is not to be confused with the wireless headset version, right? Well, you could use the wireless headset with it. I mean, that's not a requirement okay. here. Um, basically, it, this is just uh, this is just a replacement for the actual like strap and headphone headset itself. And then uh, the wireless add-on is like just plugs into the VR headset and and could stick. Oh, somewhere. it's just like a transmitter. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. yeah. So, so, it's so, all, so it all fits together, though. Yeah, it's, it's the one of the things that the Vive actually is designed very well for, and is one of the reasons this is worked as well as it has with all these accessories is um that they uh they really went for uh modularity in how they build this thing you can you can actually take quite a significant amount of the vive apart um so yeah they're really just replacing different parts of it to add all these different features i'm actually curious if they intentionally left um kind of a predefined space inside the actual eyepiece for those eye trackers to because they knew it was coming in the the third party uh developer they're working with is like yeah they're they're gonna fit in this size you know uh, I, I, case in, i doubt in it this, i think oh, it yeah. was we needed this space for people to wear glasses <laughs> okay yeah because it, it sounds like that uh they said it, it will fit the average user so you know it, it, that means not me that's what, that's <laughs> how you. that that's how you say that not me and you're not a contacts guy God no, I don't want anything stuck in my eyes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, ho hopefully they can release some more details on it to see if it actually is compatible with glasses or not. But uh, lots of cool stuff coming out of uh, HTC. So moving along, uh, well, a bit of an Overwatch update. Um, big surprise, Overwatch has now broken one billion dollars in revenue, which isn't too uncommon for Blizzard. Most of their games, or at least most of their big titles. You know, break that point eventually, but uh, you know, it's still it's it's definitely a milestone when you can say that our game is you know <laughs> it's made us a billion dollars is is pretty intense. 
How long is that game been out for? Ooh. Um, a, a year. This was uh, yeah. Uprising was actually, which is the thing that we talked about the last couple weeks. Um, that was actually their um, one year anniversary. Oh wow! Okay. And so they have. Uh, I think they just. I think last week they said that they they just broke thirty million registered users. So thirty million users, a billion dollars in revenue. You can kind of guess what the average expenditure per player is. You know, counting the much the cost less, of the base much game less and, plus and, plus several Denny's. <laughs> several overwatch denny's yes um so you can kind of break that down but yeah i mean obviously it's it's been extremely successful the game is obviously uh very highly acclaimed and, and is doing quite well so uh you know that's that's good for blizzard i mean it's we all kind of knew that they were going to reach that point but like Sel said they just had their one year uh anniversary for the release of the game and breaking a billion is in one year is is no small feat so uh good on them for that now, one thing that is kind of Overwatch-related, but it kind of applies to uh, a lot of games, and I think this actually came out last week, we just forgot to talk about it, but uh, China recently passed a new law that basically says that if a game is going to have an RNG-style loot system, and Overwatch is a good example with their loot boxes, that you can purchase a loot box, or you get it in-game through various means, uh, when you open it, there's a random chance of receiving some items and you know they may be very common they may be very rare uh but this new chinese law actually requires that those odds are listed so it goes okay you're going to open this box here's a list of everything you can get in the percent chance you're going to you're going to get it and this applies to loot boxes um Another example is Hearthstone, uh, like hard pack, stuff like that. Uh, so if you're playing the Chinese version of the game, you actually have to disclose openly these are what your odds are of actually getting something. Now, it's kind of an interesting, interesting thought because Enzel um, and I were kind of going back and forth about this before the show. Uh, if drop rates for these things are the same in every region. Now, I know that um, Blizzard has released the drop rates um, at least in the Chinese version, for uh, Hearthstone and Overwatch. And, and for the most part, kind of the player estimations about um, in all regions for what the drop rates are were, were pretty much on point. They, they were actually pretty accurate. Um, now, my question is, if you've got the Chinese version of the game and you've got some dude playing in um, you know, North America or Europe or whatever, will companies necessarily have the same drop rate based off of um, region or could they potentially be different? So like, could you actually use the Chinese drop rates as an accurate indicator of what your chances are or is there going to be a discrepancy? I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that would be smart um, for a company to potentially change those rates? Because I think that you could run into some real PR nightmare if it's like, you know, you're I'm playing this game, but there's a guy I could be potentially playing against who's, you know, getting better chances than I am. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I honestly don't mind too much because all the stuff in Overwatch is cosmetic only. It, it has nothing to do with gameplay. Um and that is actually not uncommon for pricing drop rates and different things like that to be fundamentally different in different parts of the world. So uh, the cost of a PS4 game in Australia, for example, is significantly different than it is here. In some cases, the DL they, they have different DLC packs as well. Uh, Eve Online for for periodically, if you ever check out them, they'll they have these absolutely beautiful uh ship skins on the serenity server on the on the chinese server which is a totally isolated from the rest of eve gameplay for the most part but they have these really awesome uh you know chinese styled uh skins for their ships that that are really neat 
and a lot of uh, like other like North American or AU players have really wanted them for a long time. They do not release them at all outside of China. So that is not that big of a deal. And if it's all it is is cosmetics, don't care. Uh, really, not a you know not that big of a thing. Now, what about games where it's not cosmetic though? Like um, Paladins, for example. Um, you can purchase cards, um, which are modifiers for your character with in-game currency, but you can also buy loot boxes that have a chance to drop them. If if it does potentially modify gameplay, um, do you have a different opinion on that, or is it about the same? I, well, I guess my question is, and by the way, I'm not that familiar with that game. Does it? Do you? Does everybody play against everybody? Is it like a glo- true global server, or is it isolated? I'm not actually sure on that. I'm, I think that you might be able to potentially jump servers if you manually select it, um, but I, uh, auto can. matching is it's. I, I would can. say yeah. I would say generally China's trend is that they have a lot of access to games in the internet, but it all goes through uh, like a centralized form of control through the government. Uh, so I, I it would not surprise me if somebody could not necessarily directly access the rest of the game or you know the rest of the global global player base okay that's fair enough but the short answer is if they could i would have a problem with that gotcha okay now, fair enough. now, that, be, now that being said i have actually seen that like if you go to like um like some some of the bigger mobile games like the really heavy hitting mobile games um interestingly enough a lot of those a lot of those games actually do cross platform play uh, because it's it's somewhat agnostic of whatever type of uh, mobile device you have uh, you can you access it uh, and there there's been more than a few occasions where uh, like Android users could get X on a game but Apple users could not or and usually what happens the developer will have two separate th- two separate items or they, they try to have two separate items that are, you know, it, it could be a character or a skin or a, an in-game thing. And uh, if Xbox has a, for the example would be if Xbox had a particular character you could use in a game that was unique to them, then they would try to give the PS4 character players something so they wouldn't go into absolute uproar about it. I gotcha. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a touchy subject, and I think it can it can cause issues. But I mean, like you said, in the case of cosmetics, you know, who really cares? But uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, you know, as game developers are forced to you know release these drop rates, if you know, kind of the estimates the players make about what they are actually line up, or if, if you'll actually start to see differences. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out because I think this law is actually either very close to going into effect or already is in, into effect. Like I said, uh, Blizzard's already gone ahead with, with Overwatch and uh, Hearthstone and, and released um, that data. So um, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of curious to how it plays out over time. So speaking of other uh, <laughs> MOBA-style games, um, and this is one that I know that uh, will probably cause Bait to instantly download and play the game. There was a game by Hi-Res Studio uh, that's called Smite. And it was kind of like a, a MOBA. You've got the traditional lanes, um, and you play as various gods and deities from different religions and stuff. So you'd have you know, Loki and Zeus and, and uh, various other things. Um, and it's kind of a traditional third-person uh over-the-shoulder MOBA sort of gameplay. Um, I played it; wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge fan. Um, just didn't really work for me. But uh, you know, it was it was well put together. Now there is a character in this game called Sylvanus, and he is basically a big tree guy. Um, just kind of an ent walking, and there's a character who rides on his back, and and 
you know, it doesn't really matter what role he plays or whatever. However, <laughs> there is a new skin for this character that replaces the person sitting on top of the tree with Bob Ross. So you, uh, you, you can have Bob Ross with his perm and a little easel, and he actually paints little pictures of happy little trees as they you know, fight the gods and, and tromp around the, the battlefield. So uh, this is actually coming out May 9th, so again, it'll probably be out by the time uh, this show is posted. But you can now effectively play as Bob Ross in uh, the game Smite, which I'm sure Bates very excited about, right? You fucking bet I am, dude. Uh, the Xbox One beta for that game is uh, is currently sitting in the store right now, and I've debated several times whether I should uh, download it. I think I'm going to download it now. You know, it's worth a shot. I, I think it's it's well put together. High Res Studio does make pretty good games. Um, it wasn't for me personally, but you know, I'm not a huge MOBA guy, but it's definitely worth a shot. Cause like I said, it's, it's well put together. And you know, if you decide you want to be Bob Ross, there you go. Fuck it. Now, is it like, can I get this in a pack that I have to pay money for? Or can I get in like a drop from a loot box or something? Ooh, good question. I'm not sure how their monetization works. You'd probably have to check into that. But my guess is if it follows anything close to the model of other places, it's probably, you can buy it outright. Or um, you can get in a pack. And I think I got pricing here. Hold on. Fucking gnarly, dude. Okay, so the Bob Ross bundle, which comes with the skin and some other stuff, like an opening uh, card and whatnot. They're, they're all cosmetic things. Um, okay. Is ten dollars or seven hundred gems. So I'm not sure if it's available in like a loot crate or something like that. But you can purchase it for ten bucks and get all the Bob Ross themed goodness if if you really want happy little trees in your your smite game. Of course, it is. Couldn't be the best ten dollars I've ever spent, and we're gonna beat the devil out of <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Yeah, there's a squirrel too from the looks of it. So yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, so yeah, we got you got Bob Ross and Smite. Now another game that High Risk Views has made is Paladins, and Paladins is uh, basically an over it's an Overwatch style game. It's it's not a MOBA. It's more of a you know just five on five heroes fighting each other, um, and you know push the payload is kind of the the, the main game that people play. Um, and this is one that's actually been in beta for quite a while on PC, and I, I have played a little bit. I, I hop on and play every once in a while. But it does sound like it is actually coming to open beta real soon here. So if you're for uh, PS4 and Xbox One. So uh, again, if if you're familiar with the studio and you like that stuff, or if you're looking for a free-to-play um, similar to Overwatch, uh, Paladins is actually pretty good. Um, like I said, I've been playing a little bit, and if you're on console, the open beta will be available for you very soon. That game is really fun, Paladins. I picked it up, uh, uh, I think it came out on Mac, and I picked it up um, probably about, what, two months ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I talked about it a bit when it first came out. Um, Really, really solid game. It's just, there's Overwatch, and if you have Overwatch, you play Overwatch. But if you don't have Overwatch and and you can't afford Overwatch... Paladins is pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty big debate, you know, of, of Overwatch versus Paladins. And I mean it is free to play opposed to, to Overwatch, which is you know either forty or sixty depending on what you want to get. But at the same time, you're then kind of locked behind. You have to grind out gold to unlock characters and that sort of thing. So I mean you you're familiar with with free to play models. You kind of know how it works with this sort of thing. Um, similar to like Heroes of the Storm, for example, where it's it's a bit of a grind to get the characters you want, but you know they do update. Uh, Fairly regularly, they just released um, a new character, uh, Willow. It's, it's she's kind of fun. Um, so you've got lots of stuff to play with, and, and like I said, you can 
try both and decide for yourself. I think both of them have good merits. Um, and certainly the price point is, is good too. If you want to try that style of game, um, Paladins is good because it's, it's free. And if you could decide, hey, I, I like the style of game and I actually want to try something else to see how I like that in comparison, then Overwatch is obviously um, gets great reviews. Um, it is, it's a well, very well put together game, so definitely worth trying that one as well. But if you are on PS4 or Xbox One and you want to give this one a shot, it should be free. Um, I still can't see a date here. Okay, yeah, it looks like it's open right now. So, yeah, oh. if, you, if you're listening to this, you should be good to go to go download it and, and see what you like. So definitely worth a shot. Alrighty, so that aside, now, um, as usual, we do our, our review of either a PS4 uh, Plus uh, freebie game or an Xbox Gold freebie game. And so this, this week's my week. And I sat down with uh, the Telltale Games Tales from the Borderlands, which is... Um, like your traditional Telltale games, but it's set in the universe of Borderlands with uh, uh, different characters. It's not the Vault Hunters you're all used to, though you might interact with them throughout the story. Um, but yeah, so I sat down, and this is the first Telltale games that I've actually really sat down and played pretty seriously. And I didn't even get all the way through um, the first episode. So I mean, it's, and I, I probably played for about three hours today, so it's got a decent amount of content. Um, very, very impressed with it. I, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, they really nailed the uh, the Borderlands humor much better than like pre-sequel did. So I was laughing my ass off the whole time. Um, and Jay, I think it sounds like you tried it as well, right? Yeah, I played it when it first came out a long time ago. And um, Tales from the Borderlands is, is really one of the games that people generally associate with the Telltale Games uh, game studio. And to be honest with you, a lot of their games haven't quite lived up to the mark that they set with Tales from the Borderland. Uh, their recent Batman game was actually pretty close. Obviously very different, but the quality was pretty similar to what you see in Tales of the Borderlands in terms of the writing and the character interactions. But Tales from the Borderland, that is usually like the game that I get people to to play if they don't if they tell me they're not into video games it's like oh you like watching movies did you ever play those like two general adventure you know books when you were a kid you know check that shit out from library yeah of course i did great sit down hold this controller hit x when i tell you to and just watch this movie and and that's basically how i introduced him to it and uh from a gameplay there's not you know the gameplay is is it's not about minute to minute gameplay but it is definitely a really really fun well voice acted, well written uh, sort of game to to play. It's it's actually really good, and it's free on uh, PS Plus right now. Yeah, it's it's absolutely worth you know the, the free press. I actually had I experienced kind of what I what I I did today. I, I probably would have paid for it when it first came out. Like it's it's really really quite good. Um, absolutely worth your time. Um, like I said, if, if you like um, the Borderlands universe, if you like the humor they have, really on point. Like it's it's arguably better almost than Borderlands 2, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, I was kind of worried that it might take uh, the turn of not being very funny or very good, um, like the pre-sequel, which was done by 2K Australia. Um, the game was good, but it just kind of fell flat in terms of kind of the storytelling of the characters. I was worried that this would kind of follow in that footstep because it's obviously not, you know, 2K gearbox, you know, uh, you know, proper. But you know, the the guys at Telltale Games really nailed it. They they obviously did their homework. Um, tons of references to to the game. So if you've played the games, you're gonna be you'll you'll enjoy the references. But I didn't feel like. Um, you had to play them to really understand what was going on because the, the characters are somewhat familiar with the events of the previous games, but not 
so much so that you absolutely have to know what's going on. So it's definitely a plus if you've played them, but if you aren't familiar with Borderlands, but you're still kind of interested in getting into the universe and kind of want to see what it's like, um, like Jay said, for it's a great introduction um, for video games or just the Borderlands universe in general. I think it's definitely worth your time. Uh, had a lot of fun with that one. So uh, I'm actually going to probably finish this one up and, and, and play the whole thing. I usually review for a few hours, but I'm, I'm pretty hooked on this. And I actually had to stop playing to, to prep for the show. So I'm looking forward to kind of finishing up. And uh, for the record, we, when you do download it through PS Plus um, for free, or if you just purchase it outright, which I still believe is is absolutely worth the purchase price, um, it should come with all the DLC. So all the episodes are available for free right now if you have PS Plus, and it's it's real good stuff. So a couple of things: is it just the one season? Are there multiple seasons of Tales from the Borderlands? Um, it's all five episodes. I don't think there's multiple seasons, but okay. like I said, I played for three hours. I'm not sure how far through I got episode one, but I didn't complete it. So oh, at wow, the very okay. least, you're looking at least 15 hours of gameplay, probably quite a bit more than that. Um, again, I, I haven't gotten through the first episode entirely to kind of give you a true, true um, estimate of how long it'll take to complete the game. But, you know, there's there's definitely content there. And, you know, if, if that's important for you, how much gameplay you get, then it's it's worth your time. Not to mention that you know, these games by their nature offer quite a bit of replayability because you can make different choices, do different things to see how things turn out. I mean, there was a few choices I made where I was like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Um, but you can't really rewind and try again. So, you know, it would be good to kind of go through again and try it the other way and see what happens. Um, because, you know, there are there are some pretty interesting things that, that you can uh, modify. So uh, it should be good. So where in the Borderlands timeline does this follows us after, before, it's during, right after the, Borderlands too. right after Borderlands? Okay. Yeah, so um, you'll, like I said, if you've played the other two, it'll help because it, you won't be quite as lost um, with with exactly what they're talking about, but they they don't really rely on it too heavily. They, they'll mention it, like, this happened, this person did this, and okay, now we're doing our thing. So it, it certainly helps to know the reference, but I again, I don't feel like you'd be totally, totally lost um, if you if you aren't too familiar with it, so uh, yeah, yeah, the, you know, just for for reference, uh, Telltale just came out with a Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game, and and this was the kind of the one that a lot of people were looking to them to recapture their magic from Borderlands, and it's it's still that uh, they still didn't get remotely close to that bar that they set in, in uh, Tales from the Borderlands, so highly recommended, definitely, uh, and and you can't beat the price of it being free. Uh, so if you're a PS PS Plus member, I there's zero reason not to get it. To be honest with you, uh, if you and I will absolutely uh, jump on board with Pokey on this one and say uh, if you if you get it and you need to pay for it, you know through like Steam or whatever, you know something like that, go ahead and get it. And if you don't like it, Zell will give you your money back. That's true. What? Zell, what? Yeah. Wait, absolutely. What? You can tweet him at OCD Trekkie and and ask for your money back. <laughs> Hashtag money bags. <laughs> see, see, he's touted how he has all this VR stuff that he, he likes. So, I mean, we we know that he's set. So, yeah, we we at Biomass we have a full money back guarantee on all of our recommendations. And, <laughs> and Zell and Zell will of course accommodate because he's an, an upstanding businessman like that. No, I I spent my uh, my refund budget on um the the three thirty two inch monitors I have in front of me. Jesus Christ, man! You can also go rob him at his address at. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, it's 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 really good stuff, and uh, I, I like how it actually kind of follows two separate characters, and you can kind of see uh, the same events from multiple angles because they kind of switch back and forth. Um, it, it's some really just really well done storytelling, and and it's just it really captures the magic of Borderlands, and I'm as my first Telltale game that I've played. Um, it's probably going to spoil me because it sounds like the others can't quite live up to it, but uh, yeah. Fantastic stuff. So that's kind of our review on Tales of the Borderlands, available on PS Plus for free. Uh, I'm not sure what the price is if you actually purchase it outright, but I think it's it's fairly old, so the price should be pretty reasonable. Um, now, next week, uh, Bate will actually follow up with one of his reviews for one of the Xbox Gold games, and then I'll follow the next week with um, Abzu, which is kind of the... Uh, Ooh. open wander diving game that's also available on PS Plus. I'm Very fun game. Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of gave me the same vibe as like Flower. Um, if you if you're familiar Maybe with that same one. People. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, all of their games are kind of similar, but uh, real good if you want to chill out. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. So we'll do a full review on that uh, in two weeks, but uh, Bates up uh, next week. So do you know what game you're going to play at Bate? <sighs> yeah, I'm probably going to play the only decent game that is in the lineup right now. Because it's May, and the beginning of May is all May the Force, everybody's like, Herder, Star Wars! Um, I got shafted with Force Unleashed 2, and uh, Lego Star Wars, the original trilogy. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what, do you, uh, you want to do, if you want to do like an old school replay, do Star Wars Bounty Hunter? Fucking the, uh, yes, dude, the, that the, game the, is the amazing. Jango Fett game? Yeah, Fuck and it's, yes. it's just like uh, five bucks on, on uh, PS4 right now. It's, it was a lot of fun. It, it was I, actually pretty legit. I think I still had that game on fucking GameCube. What a fun game, dude. That game is solid. Everybody should play that fucking game. Go buy yourself a GameCube and Star Wars Bounty Hunter. <laughs> you probably pay 30 bucks for all or that shit right now. Or you can now. play it on the PS4 where it's remastered. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Do we know how much that is on the remaster for PS4? I, I think it's literally like five bucks. Because it, it's because it's like mate, you know, it's like Star Wars week or whatever. Uh, like I literally was looking at it about two or three hours ago. Yeah, but I mean, if if you've already played Force Unleashed two and you just want to oh, give our quick review of it's it's not good and you want to play um something else that's either free or cheap elsewhere, um that's perfectly fine as well. I, I don't want to force you to, to play something you don't no, like. No, like. I can give you I can give you a four word uh, review of that game right now. The game is shit. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and I'll play uh, Gianna Sisters Twisted something, whatever the uh, Xbox One game is. It's free right now. Okay, sounds good. So you'll take care of that next week, and then we'll continue on with the series. And again, if anyone has you know any free or cheap games they kind of want us to, to give a shot, or even do gameplay recording of, do let us know. Um, I'm I'm certainly not opposed to dropping five, you know, maybe ten bucks on a game just to give it a shot and give a quick review. So um, we we can accommodate that for you if you're interested in our thoughts. Uh, that being said, I think we are pretty much good to go and in moving into some shout-outs here. Any, any last closing remarks, guys, before we kind of close this one up? Yeah, dude, I'm going to whip out the BBC Bates Bitching Corner. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I, you're just like, I'm going to whip out. Don't whip out things, Bates. Just, just... All right, go. Oh, my God, I had to. I'm sorry. Um, so I had the interesting uh, run-in on the, the Discord server. Uh, I don't even know how it came up, but Pokey was there. Pokey, how did the thing come up? Which thing? That's a lot the, of crap okay, on Discord. Oh, okay, so somebody said something on the Dust Vets Discord that really pissed me off. And it was a bunch of it was a bunch of you fucking PC Master Race nerds who were going on about oh, oh go PC multiplayer and are, are you all a- my shit no, 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 shut the fuck up. Man, they were going on about man, why you gotta throw sixty bucks at Microsoft and PlayStation for 
for for multiplayer, man. It's like I get my free games, dude. Who the fuck are you to the, tell me the, who the, I throw money at? It's not your damn money. The the argument was was effectively um, almost a criticism of console players for accepting the concept of PlayStation Plus and Xbox Gold because ridiculous, it's dude. because it's required for um, many multiplayer um, elements, and that you're effectively baiting, you're effectively gating. Um, multiplayer behind a paywall and so it was you know people weren't willing to pay anything because they can pay for free um obviously on uh on steam pc games don't typically have you know paywalls for for their multiplayer um whereas ps4 and, and xbox uh do because they they have like the 60 dollars a year um so five bucks a month to, to get the multiplayer and it comes with various other benefits and stuff and and the, the argument was you know because people are willing to pay it then all game companies are all uh, console platforms are now going ahead and, and implementing the style of, of uh, the style of uh, online play and, and, and this paywall because they realized people are willing to pay it and they were upset about that and, and it was it was kind of the whole thing was obnoxious. It was really <laughs> not because I mean they're sitting there telling me how to spend my money. If I want to throw sixty bucks at Microsoft or Sony, let me throw sixty bucks I mean, at Microsoft. To, I get four fucking fair, games a month for free. To be fair. Uh, well, it's not for free because you have to pay for it. But the 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 it makes itself back in games. The, the thing is, month. is online games have a like playing online has a has a generally an actual cost to developers because they have to maintain the servers, and uh, you know depending especially how many people are playing it, the servers can be a a pretty significant expense uh, for a game. Um, and it you know I I think to some degree a lot of console games have a longer a longer run that people play uh, play the multiplayer and, and stuff. Whereas, like, for example, I mean, like, you look at a Call of Duty title, for example, in general, and one of the reasons that they have to put out a new one every year instead of just adding on to the existing one is because they have to get everybody to buy the new version of the game um, to keep paying the bill for, for all the multiplayer stuff. Um, and so I, I kind of get that. But, uh, but Bait... You're a dirty console peasant. I don't fucking care, dude. I have a PC. Oh my gosh. Just shut the fuck up and sit behind the keyboard and let me throw. That's a no, Mac no, isn't no, a PC. No, no, fuck you. I have a proper tower. Oh, okay. All right. He, he does. Behind, he let got, me sit behind my thing and give money who I want to give to. A bunch okay. of self-righteous All right. PC as long, as, lo as long as you have a, a PC tower, then you are you can, in fact, be part of the glorious PC master race. Yeah. You, even if you also own a yeah, it's fine. Oh, Those people, people like that who just think that, oh, fucking PCMR better than you, they're just, just shut the fuck up, dude. Nobody gives a fuck. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think my opinion is, and this kind of goes for a lot of things, you know, whatever works best for someone, it doesn't matter if you objectively think that your way is better. It doesn't matter if your way is actually objectively better. If it works best for that person, that's what they should do, and you don't need to remind them every five seconds of how inferior or stupid they are from doing that. So. Yeah. That, that's that's kind of my whole thing is it's like no one cares <laughs> you know to, to that person if doesn't matter whatever their situation is you know whatever financially or whatever playing on a ps4 works best for them then they should play on a ps4 and if they have to pay five dollars a month to get multiplayer then fine if they're willing to do that they're willing to do that don't give them shit for it especially um, when it's not your fucking money yeah, I mean, it's. I think the argument that oh, because you pay for PS Plus, you're ruining it for everyone is is stupid. But you know, my whole thing is is that the whole elitist. I'm just trying to make everyone save money, or I'm just trying to tell them what's best. You, you gotta cut that crap out. No one wants to hear it. They all know. 
It's yeah. like saying it's, it's like running into a McDonald's and screaming, "Everything you're eating in here is going to make you fat." Everyone there knows that already. You don't have to remind them of it. So you know, it's like that's True. that's what that's what's best for them. So that that I think that's that's kind of the conclusion I'm, I'm going to go with on that one. But uh, yeah, I, I did forget that Bate has his BBC, his Bate bitching corner, where he 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 goes on a rant for for a couple minutes at the end of the show. Yeah, <laughs> I was pissing him off that week. So yeah. Um. That, that being said, I think we're good to go into some shout outs here. So, uh. Zell, buddy. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the X thirty seven B, which is our fancy uh, secret classified space plane that uh, we don't know what it does. Um, it's back. It just landed again uh, after a, like a two year mission, and presumably they're going to go put it back up in space for another two two or so years uh, again. Um, yeah, hi, buddy. Tell us what you're doing sometime. Wait, wait, wait. We have a, a fucking space jet that flies around the circumference of the world yeah and we don't know what the fuck it does like is no. this we like the people don't know what the fuck it we, does we the, like, we the oh, government the government Wait, does it. it's, the government it's, it's a classified yeah it's a classified uh plane but it's it's a it's a it's like a quarter the size of the space shuttle you can go up there for like two years at a Holy time shit. yeah it's it's unmanned it's and there's no people well, yeah of course yeah, it's but, unmanned. but um It'd be a i mean shitty job it it's uh it's a pretty nifty little vehicle and uh, uh you know we we, don't, we, have, we have no idea what it does the, the actually the well it's orbital speed so freaking fast um but uh yeah it's it's funny because the the description that they use for like its mission is is like the most vague thing ever it's like it performs experiments and and risk reduction techniques <laughs> dude they need to put a fucking laser on that bitch just like oh, fly dear. around the world and then bam. No orbital strikes. So come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, dude. Fucking orbital strikes. Oh dear. Okay. Let's do it. Bate, your shout out. I have a couple of shout outs actually. So I've been listening to audiobooks recently, and this has like become my favorite thing so far. Uh, so instead of listening to music while I'm not doing schoolwork, I'll be listening to, to a book. And I finished Prestige about a week ago. What a great book, by the way. Uh, now I'm moved on to Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, this is the book version of the movie. That came out in 2008, I believe. The book is great so far. I think I'm about a fifth of the way through, uh, about two hours in right now, and it's it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, shout out to audiobooks. Uh, shout out to Entourage, um, HBO series. Um, I started watching. It was labeled a comedy, and it's not very funny. Three episodes in, and I've laughed my ass off at one episode. Uh, but I can't stop watching it because at this point I'm invested, right? You can't just stop watching a series, any series, um, like right in the middle, right when the shit is building up. So, you fucked me, Entourage. Where, where are you listening to your audiobooks, Bate? Because I've actually been kind of doing the same thing at work. So, uh, with my Amazon Prime subscription, I get access to what are, to what are called Audible channels for Prime. It's basically Audible has a couple of channels that you can listen to with a bunch of different books um, for free through your uh, your Prime subscription. So they have different categories. There's a sci-fi category. There's a um, there's like a, a best or an editor's pick category. There's a mysteries and uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, series starter. So it's the first book in the series. They had um, oh fuck, what was it? Casino Royale uh, about a month ago. That was really good too. 
Um, so just random stuff like that. It's really, really nice. I've actually been listening on right. Spotify. I realize they have quite a, a large selection of audiobooks there, and I've been binge listening. Yeah, I was like, oh, holy shit. So I, this audiobook, I actually binge listen to every single HP Lovecraft audiobook they have on there. Shit is so good. Like, I, I can see why people like that stuff. So you should check out uh, Spotify as well if you want to listen to some pretty good audiobooks. They're, they're really well narrated. All right, Jay, your shout out. I'd get, love to give a shout out to uh, Bates F bomb per minute rate during the show. Right. <laughs> That's why every episode is explicit now. Oops. Yeah, no, nah, it's okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to give a, a quick shout out to um, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Really cool uh, kind of you know RPG that came out about I think two years ago. Uh, I picked it up on P on the on the PS4 in my kind of RPG arama I've been having for the last you know month and a half or so. It's really good. It's actually really really well done. Fantastic snarky humor in it. Uh, it's really actually worth reading a lot of the item description and, and actually reading the, the text bubbles that come up instead of Xing through all of them because they're, a lot of them are, are fairly well done. Uh, pre- pretty good stuff. So uh, kind of shout out to that one. And uh, again, Tales from the Borderlands, great, great shot by Telltale Games. They're, they're definitely a niche, niche game, uh, game studio. They do what they do. Uh, but if you like it, it's real good. Uh, so shout out to Tales from the Borderlands. All right. And my shout can actually go to Capcom um, for the most ridiculous boss fight ever in a Resident Evil game. Um, we sat down and recorded episode five and six of uh, Dungeon Crawl uh, last night, actually. And we tried to shoot for the episodes to be about 30 minutes long. Um, I, I got to the boss fight probably about the 20-minute mark. I, I didn't finish until about an hour and 15 minutes, so... There'll be a very nice long uh, death montage of just sped up me getting my ass killed. Um, but yeah, I've never been killed in so many creative ways by a boss in any game. So um, that was it was entertaining. I actually laughed my ass off on some on some of the ridiculous stuff that happened in that fight. So really like that, and uh, I hope you guys look forward to that. So shout out to Capcom for that one. I'm I'm looking forward to more Resident Evil Seven. I'll I'll do a full review probably in a few more episodes. And I've I've played you know a larger chunk of the game but so far it's absolutely fantastic probably my favorite resident evil so far so really good stuff uh that being said i think we are probably pretty good to bring this one in for a close um again thank you for tuning in and listening to us Uh, we always appreciate comments uh, on our website uh and again uh, do check out our new youtube series that are popping up uh, link in the website or just go to youtube at biomass podcast and you should find them uh again if there's any uh, topics you want us to cover any games you want us to play do please let us know all of our contact information is available on the website at biomass.net or biomass.com uh let us know we'll be more than happy to hop in there and uh let you know what we're doing so that being said uh again thanks for tuning in and everyone have a good and safe night